welcome to the Bulletcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me, as always, yeah, I let him come back, Court Winston. Mm, particularly good day to you, Katie. <laughs> Opening bell? Question mark? <laughs> Please save me. Okay, well, guys, we have made it to episode 49, and today... We want to talk about, are you down with OPM? Yeah, you know. Him? <laughs> You're probably like OPM. Don't you know the song is OPP? Mm, I bet that there are a lot of our <laughs> listeners that may not even know that the song is OPP. So Yeah, so it's a, I mean, other people's money. Yes. We brought it up before. Money. Other people's money. Kind of jokingly, and this is a joke, we dub it as the OPM, the sweetest drug on the planet. And obviously it's not a drug. We're not talking about drugs here, kids. Drugs are bad. Stay away. Drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> so um, unless you have incredibly deep pockets, you're probably already using OPM, other people's money. Have a car loan? Yeah. You're probably financing and using other people's money. Have a mortgage? OPM. It's simply deploying other people's money in your own life for the things you want and need. You know, most people will do a simple Google search of OPM and it shows up like real estate investment. And that's part of it. But we're going to talk about kind of the average Joe and how you they can, use OPM. You can actually search OPM and yeah. and the search returns other people's money uh-huh. related to real estate. Yes, absolutely. It's real estate investments, mm-hmm. OPM. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't heard the phrase other people's money in reference to debt until I started wor- working with David Pickler. That was the first time I really ever heard that phrase. So it wasn't something that I, that was, was certainly not something that was ubiquitous. But yeah, so cool. Yeah, you can Google it. I mean, yeah, we wanted to do this episode because I, I'm sitting in a lot of client meetings with David and he almost every day uses it in at least one of the meetings talking to people about this. And I'm thinking, okay, if David Pickler's telling all our clients this and, and the importance of it, we need to tell all of you guys about it because you need to have this knowledge. So, of course, we got to get into our top five. We want to talk about some examples of people using OPM. Court, are you ready? I'm, I'm so extraordinarily excited about this one I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> Okay, let's round robin this, and so we'll go back and forth. Um, an example of someone kind of like cheating the system, but I hate that term, is a... Playing the game. Play, playing working the, the game, system. Working the system, yes. Yeah. So my first example would be um, a relative of my husband. He uh, he has learned how to work the system with HelloFresh, the, oh. the food service. And so he uh, keeps creating different accounts and like... You can start it, and then you can send it to a friend for them to try it for free. Well, so he sends it to a friend, but his friend is himself. And <laughs> so he's been doing this, I think, for a year or so and has not paid for HelloFresh. Sorry, HelloFresh people. I can turn them in if you need me to. Just give yeah, me a call. I'm, you know, I'm, that might that might be like, that's, that's, hmm. You know, I wonder. I wonder how HelloFresh feels about that. They've got a. They've got a sort of build into he's, their system. He's, gonna, he's been caught before, and then he had to like, you know, go a different outlet and let his roommate start doing the train of like the different emails and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I think we need to bring Byron back because that sounds like a white collar crime. <laughs> it, it probably is, but that's why no names were used. And you know, if I need to turn him in, he's just a lonely little college guy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, one of my favorite examples of uh, just, you know, working the system is those extreme couponers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, is the show still around? Is that still a thing or is it? 
Because I used to watch that show. It was on TLC for a These long time. These people had warehouses full of... They basically had a grocery store in their home just full of all of the stuff that they had bought in bulk. And, you know, you would watch them... The, the, they, they would, would dumpster go, dive for coupons. They would go to the grocery store and have two baskets full of stuff. And it would cost them like $5 because mm-hmm. of all their coupons. And they would always go on triple coupon day and you know i didn't even know stores still did triple coupon day and and they're they're getting like 500 dollars worth of goods for 50 bucks or something yeah. it's ridiculous it's crazy yeah it takes but, a lot of work to do that so it's right? dedication yeah. do y'all get annoyed when you're behind somebody in the grocery line and they are just whipping out the coupons or is that just me no i, I listen all of my coupons now are digital they're all on my phone mm-hmm. so like i go through the kroger app and just click off the stuff that i want to like if i think i might in a million years buy something i'll go ahead and check it it adds it to my to my kroger shoppers person number whatever and then when i get to the get to the line to the checkout i just punch in my phone number and they automatically apply any coupons that i have in my that, that apply to something that's in my cart it's pretty cool yeah the annoyance level is right up there with when i'm in a rush at the gas station and somebody's buying lottery tickets in front of me and it takes forever mm-hmm. yeah Okay, so another one. Um, I've a so PS Five. Those are like the big PlayStation. They games, are the right? big. That's the big console that everyone wants right now. So uh, I can't. My husband must hang out with shady characters because this is one of his friends. Um, he's a great guy, but he uh, has gotten some kind of connection where he gets inside. Now it's not insider information, but he is on some group that he knows when there's going to be PS Fives available. So he is now kind of started telling all his friends, hey, if you need one, let me know. So he's going and finding out about him, buying them, then calling the person who he's bought one for and saying, hey, you owe me this much money. And then he'll pay his, he'll put it on a credit card. He'll pay his credit card off. So he's not charging the person any more money, but he's getting all these perks on these credit cards because he's racking up large amounts of money mm-hmm. with all these charges. Yeah, baby. So then, you know, he does have a baby on the way, and so maybe he's hopefully going to use that to treat his wife. He's going to use all his points at, at Kids R Us or some stuff. Yeah, like exactly. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's kind of a cool little interesting way of how he's, you know. Here's one of my favorites. <laughs> so, Up in the Air. Y'all remember that movie? Mm-hmm. George Clooney, Andy Kendrick. It. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. Well, here's a real-life Up in the Air story. There's this entrepreneur that got the 10 million points on his credit cards. He used multiple credit cards. He's, you know, he's he's doing all of his business stuff and he got he hit the 10 million points and then he uses it to do he used the points to do things that he loves like go travel. He's gone to Europe, India, Egypt, you know, I mean he's gone all over the world using his points. 10 million points is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. That takes time to do that. Uh, that's what I think one of my credit cards it says if you can build up to some ridiculous amount of points, you can actually get tickets to go to the Elton John's Oscar party. Mm-hmm. So, I want to do that. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I mean, it's a well, big goal. the thing is, basically, <laughs> I mean, it, it, beco- it becomes a lifestyle. Like in the movie, Up in the Air, George Clooney was all about the points. Uh-huh. I mean, he, he got, in, in the movie, he got 10 million points. And, and he was all about the points. He did not do anything unless he got points for it. So, you know, he flew on a particular airline to get the points. He would eat dinner at the hotel restaurant because he could get points. Yeah. Everything he did, it was all about the points until he finally got 10 million. And then he got to meet Sam Elliott. Oh, 
cool. Yeah. Was that a double whammy for you? Is that two? I think that was two because you referenced the movie and you referenced the the, the, real, uh, life the real life guy. There's oh. a ding, 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 a ding. Okay, so uh, I'll do a two for them. The next two are actually ones that I've personally done. Um, so I have a Delta card. And so frequently, if I'm going to be traveling with people, I was like, oh, I'll get your plane ticket. Well, I'm doing it so then I can get more miles on my Delta card. And they'll just pay me back the amount that the ticket was. So I'm not really out any money because I can pay off my credit card. But I'm getting the perch for the miles. So win-win for me. The other one kind of happened as an accident. I did sign up for a Disney card. I know everybody, y'all know I love Disney. Um, but I put the I put my Disney card on my Magic Band. I also booked the hotel room and didn't realize that everybody that went with us, their Magic Bands also linked to my credit card. <laughs> and so all of their purchases that they were making, really it was Epcot, everybody. All those... <laughs> trying the different margaritas and the beers around all the different, different countries. You don't drink. No, never. I'm a sweet little <laughs> angel with a halo. Um, but all of those purchases ended up going on my credit card. So I then had to tell everybody, hey, you owe me this much. And so, yes, the credit card was taken care of. But then now I have all these Disney reward points. So then maybe I can start financing my next Disney trip. Yay! Yay! It's about time for you to go again, isn't it? It's been like a month. Been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about those group lunches? You know, everybody goes, and oh, there's always somebody that 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 has more than everybody else, has mm-hmm. more to drink than everybody else, has more to eat than everybody else, and then they're Eats always the one the that's like, yeah, they're, they're always the one that's like, oh, do we just want to split it four ways? Do we do we just want to split it eight ways? You know, do you just want to make it even, everybody the same? And that's I feel so bad for those. Poor waiters and waitresses that have to split those tickets up. <laughs> and so that's what I'm also guilty of this too. I'll to be like, oh, just put it on my card. And then now with like PayPal and Venmo and all this stuff like that, you can actually request money and say, everybody chip in this much, yeah. Twenty dollars or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my experience, they don't mind. I mean, it's it's the system now. It's it's very easy for them to split a check. Yeah. You know, especially if you give them a heads up on the front end that it's going to be a split check, then they they usually don't have any problem. Obviously, it it saves them a couple of steps if they just can print off one bill and you can pay it. And then if you get some extra Disney points for it too, then uh, more power to you. But yeah. definitely, definitely, there are some ways that you can work that system in your favor, one way or the other. Yeah. And also, obviously, if you uh, you know have the ability to, then if you can pay the upfront for a bachelor bachelorette trip, those suckers are big old cash flows because you have to get the Airbnb or you have to pay for the tours or stuff like that. And then you send everybody a bill and they have to pay you back and now you've racked up all those points. It seems like our common theme here on working the system for a few examples now has been all about the points. So let me let me talk about one where... Uh, one that I really miss because I don't do a lot of business travel anymore, but one where you really are you using other people's money for 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 something that can really be pretty enjoyable, and that's that's business travel. You know, you've got a, if you've got a company that's sending you all over the country or all over the world to to take care of business, and they're they're paying for your flight and they're paying for your hotel and they're probably paying for your meals. You're expensing all of that stuff. 
you know, you're taking you're taking people out uh, for for dinner, wine for entertainment. and dining, yeah, <laughs> all of that stuff, and it's all getting paid for by your company. Now you're working, you know, you're doing your job, but you work hard for the money. Don't don't for a second try and tell me that oh, it's such hard work and I don't enjoy it at all. <laughs> you know, I, I had to do a business trip to New York City or I had to do a business trip to Boston, uh, and I just hated every minute of it. No, you're getting. You're 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 enjoying some of it too, unless you just fly in and fly right back out. Now I've done that, and that's no fun. But if you have any downtime whatsoever, you're enjoying your trip, and you're getting you're getting to do all of that on somebody else's dime. That that that's one of my favorite examples of other people's money. But it's not really that's that's our that's our top ten for the day. Now that's not really. I mean, that's not you know strictly speaking, what we're really talking about is is. Other people's money, you know, loans and stuff like that. That's, but you know, all of it, all of it is a system. All of it is a game. Yeah. So we're talking about leverage, um, using borrowed money to increase the return on investment. And it's, I saw some quote that was like, how the rich get richer is not luck, timing, attitude, or mindset. It's leveraging. And so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about in this episode is utilizing this wisely and taking advantage of this sweet drug of OPM. Um, you've got, obviously you've got good debt and that's a type of using other people's money. It's a way of putting money in your pocket and then bad debt takes money out of your pocket. So utilizing other people's money to get better returns, to secure more assets, you're playing the game, you're a part of it, you're leveraging but it's something that takes time. Like we're sitting here talking about the couponers. They have those notebooks. They have their thought process of what days to go, what coupons to use, how to stack them appropriately so they're getting the best return on their investment of their time they've spent doing it, but also of the assets of those precious coupons. It's All of this is about how you're using your money smart and you're using it wisely and making sure you're making the right decisions. And so one of the things, one of the big things that comes come that that comes with that idea of using other people's money, uh, let's let's just put it out there, interest rates, mm-hmm. right? You know, right now we are we are enjoying some incredibly low, historically low interest rates. And so using other people's money is is very cost effective right now because you can borrow it and you don't have to pay a lot of interest to 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 use someone else's money. Mm-hmm. You can actually, you know, you can actually use someone else's money, pay low interest on on paying them back. So you're getting to to stretch out that time that you get to use their money. You're not having to pay them a whole lot to be able to use their money. Yeah. And you know, you, meanwhile, your the rest of your money is freed up to do whatever else you want. But not all interest rates are the same, right? Nope. They are not created equally. <laughs> so credit cards, like I just recently got a new credit card. I got it because I, I wanted to get some travel <laughs> points and I didn't have a credit card that gave me some travel points. But I mean, you know, and I've got I, I've got a decent credit score. So there was no question I was going to get the card, but they still hit me with a 20% interest rate. Ouch. So credit cards are very useful tools. And we've told you all that many, many times, but obviously you don't want to let that balance float from month to month. You do not want to be tr- be paying a 20% interest rate. Yeah. But so let, let's, let's start off with credit cards because that's what most people, you know, you have them or you at least know about it. So think about it. If you were going to pay for, I don't know, let's say that we're going to pay for lunch and that's, say it's, of a nice lunch, you paid $100 for your lunch. 
You can put it on your debit card and that's $100 taken directly from your bank account. But use a credit card, put $100 on there, and you then now have, you know, credit cards vary 30 to 45 days before that $100 is due. So like you said, we're floating that money. That money is a loan. We are not having to pay anything to have that time right. until the due date comes up. Yeah. So take advantage of the fact that you don't owe that money until 30 days later, 45 days later, whatever it may be, because putting that $100 charge, if you pick a good card, it could be getting you miles. It could be getting you Amazon dollars or Disney dollars or whatever it could be. It's getting you perks and it's making it where you don't have to take out cash. You do not have to lose that money at that exact moment. Right. It's all about the cash flow and making sure that you're juggling it out. A credit card is a revolving debt. That's what it's supposed to be. It's a revolving card. And so it's meant to never really have a $0 balance. Now you're probably going, well, Katie, y'all told us not to keep a balance on a credit card. Yes, I'm saying don't keep a balance, but it's one of those that if you are using a credit card effectively, then you are using that time that you can float. And so you pay off what's due on the due date, but then you've already probably gotten charges that aren't due until the, the next, next month. Date, yeah. So it never is going to show that zero dollar. But I also want to throw in here the emotions part of this because this is this is behavioral psychology. This is about finances. Because a lot of times people don't want to log on to their credit card and see, oh, I owe $2,000. And they panic and go, well, I just want to go ahead and pay it off. I will tell everybody, like, I, you know, back in the day had issues where I was running at my credit cards. My income and what I was spending was not equaling out. I was spending more money than I was bringing home. And so I had a budget issue. Got my budget under control. And now... For a while, I was so gun shy of like, I can't have any balance on my credit cards. So I would go ahead and pay all of my credit cards off on one day. Well, that wasn't smart because one credit card wasn't due until May 2nd. And, you know, one was due on the 15th and one was due on the 23rd. So me paying all of them at once was not properly using the credit card because then I've taken all my cash flow out at one time versus spreading it out and using it effectively. Mentally, I think one of the games that people play with themselves is um, they they think to themselves, okay, I have this money now and I can pay this off. Mm -hmm. And if I don't pay this off right now, I'm liable to spend this money on something else. And that is a, that is a legitimate yeah. you know, danger. If you know yourself and you're like, no, I'd rather go ahead and pay it because I've got it and I need to pay it. But remember... It doesn't do you any good to make yourself cash strapped mm -hmm. by paying off something that isn't due yet. Because if if I have a thousand dollars in cash and a thousand dollars is owed on a credit card, but that thousand dollars isn't owed for another ten days, and I say, well, if I don't go ahead and pay this off now, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna spend this money on something else. Yeah. So I go ahead and pay it off. So I pay off my thousand dollar debt on my credit card. Now I have zero cash. So what am I gonna do to live for the next ten mm -hmm. days? I'm going to put it on my credit card. Yep. So you know? it's, yeah. It. So you, you, you just, you have to make sure that you've, you've got a balance where, where 
you know, you're taking into consideration cash flow mm-hmm. uh, and, and making sure that you're always avoiding going over the due date so that you're not paying that ridiculously high interest rate on a credit card, but also make sure that you're maximizing your cash flow. Yeah. And I did want to go back to one thing you said earlier, because okay. I think this is, we've covered credit cards a lot, but one thing that I don't know that we've ever really specifically explicitly said is people do use debit cards a lot nowadays. Yes. People people use their bank card. It's easy. It's there. You got the code, you punch it in, boom, it's done. Problem is, if a bank card, if a debit card gets compromised, then that somebody has the ability to use your debit card that is that you don't want them using your debit card. They are taking money straight out of your bank account. Mm-hmm. That is your cash that is in your bank account, and they are taking it. And it can be difficult to get it back. There is not as much fraud protection for debit card fraud as there is for credit cards. A lot of credit card companies offer pretty significant protection if there are fraudulent charges made. Well, especially with everything online now. Like, you don't know who's going to get your information. And every day I feel like we hear about another company that's been compromised or even like there was a big deal for a while with Target. And so, yeah, it's a layer of protection. And it is the psychology of knowing if you are someone who has to pay it off. I'll my Target card, Mm -hmm. I forget, I use it so infrequently and I just use it at Target, but I have to pay that sucker off the second I do the charge. Like once it, once I go to Target and make that charge, I have to go and then pay it off because I forget about it. That's the only card I do that with, but I forget about it and I got hit with a late fee on that and Mm -hmm. it was double. So I will never do that again. Um, But yeah, I'm going to try and figure out reminders on that to remind ourselves of that. But um, going back to like our examples with putting things on credit cards, obviously don't be the one volunteering to buy these PS5s for people or pay for lunch with your credit cards to get the perks. If the people you're spending the money on are not reliable and going to pay you back. Oh yeah. Because then you are. Then you're just being screwing Katie. yourselves, honestly. And <laughs> sorry guys. Um, you're putting yourself in a bad situation. And then you're not able to pay your bills. Then you're just giving people gifts, which is a, a full, a, that's a total Katie thing to do, you know. Just yeah. giving people gifts left and right, just gifting all over the place. <laughs> and so, you know, we're saying the good thing about credit cards and using them. Uh, Court, actually, him and I had a conversation the other day about when he was signing up for his card and how his credit score went up because he got a card. And that then... I made the comment of, yeah, and if you are a good person that pays your credit off every month and don't have a revolving balance, they congratulate you by giving you a higher limit. Yeah. So they make you feel rich. Well, not only that, but I mean, you know, a lot of these cards will run a promotional, you know, if you spend this much money on your credit card in the Mm -hmm. first, you know, this many months, then you get... Free things and free yeah. things are always fun. And I, I you know, I'm like, I'm looking at at how much they want me to spend, and I'm like, oh, that's not going to be a problem at all. Challenge accepted. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you know, there there are those 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 signing bonuses if you yeah. want. So if you're in a position that you know you can do it, then take advantage of all these different opportunities that credit cards offer you of the promotions, the sign on bonuses, stuff like that. Uh, but also be wary that. There is a time and place to use these credit cards and that, you know, I just actually asked David Pickler this. You can technically pay your taxes with a credit card, mm-hmm. 
but there is a fee on it. So that's not a smart decision. The risk and reward are not balancing out with that because yeah, okay, we can put, you know, a thousand dollars you owe to the IRS on a credit card, but you're slapped with an almost 2% fee and the amount of rewards that you would get doesn't equal out to the fee you had to pay. That was a lot of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but just do your homework on that part and figure out what's the best decision. Okay, credit cards we talked about. Cash flow. It really is all about your cash flow and that you want to make sure that you're not tying up your money paying off these credit cards or paying off different things that you don't have that available money for when life happens. You want to have that liquidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. And you want to be productive with your capital. Okay, so you could, here's an example. Say you want to buy, you know, a new sound system. Well, you're able to set it up with financing and maybe it's 0% financing for 60 months. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's okay. Well, I'm going to pay $250 a month for this for the next 60 months. I will never end up paying interest on it. It's just set up as a monthly payment. But you're kind of annoyed with the fact that you have to keep paying it. Well, I'm sorry, just keep being annoyed because it's the best way. Because if you were to just pay it all off, that $2,000, $3,000, whatever it would be that you use to pay it off, now you don't have that $3,000 that could be in a savings account or in a, you know, a low risk investment account earning money for you and growing or you don't have that money to pay for an emergency that comes up because you can't exactly call the chair company or the sound system company and say, hey, I know I paid in advance. Can I get that money back because I need it for something else? Mm -hmm. They don't do that. They're like, oh, thanks. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, you know, making smart decisions. And let's talk about mortgages and cars because that's another way that people use OPM. Well, I mean... Obviously, one of the things that, that we frequently talk to our clients about is, and that you have mentioned more more than once on this podcast, is the idea that a car payment, the, it's, a, it's a monthly expense. People should treat it as a monthly expense. Now, so, so what we basically mean is, why would you spend $40,000 upfront on a car outright own the car when you could make a regular monthly payment Mm -hmm. over the next 60 to 72 months because now they're going out to 72 months on these car financing things and and pay you know really really low interest yeah extraordinarily low interest way you're paying them way less interest than you can learn on than you can earn on keeping that forty thousand dollars for yourself exactly the cost of borrowing that money to set up these monthly payments is a much better decision than the cost of you not having that available cash and especially with a car it is a depreciating asset yes that the second you drive it off the lot it's i mean its value has gone down and car dealerships are working with you they're wanting to offer financing and as we've said before a car expense should be looked at as a living expense it's you know most everybody needs a car and if you pay off your car great but it's just you don't know now when your next car payment's going to be so it's one of those just build it into your budget 
and take advantage of that OPM and don't get an itch to try and pay it all off because it's not the best decision. And work with your money, people. Listen, if you really do just have $40,000 or $60,000 burning a hole in your pocket and you really just want to go get a car, you're like, but I want to just go pay cash for the car. I don't want to have to have a payment. Work with your money, people. Set up, set up, set that $60,000 in an account where you're mm-hmm. earning money with your money and then they can set it up so that the payments are being made from that account. Yeah, so that money is growing yeah. for you, working for you as you're still paying them. Yeah, you you don't you don't have to worry about taking on an additional monthly payment in your in your monthly in budget. Your, yeah, you've got if you've got this forty thousand, sixty thousand set aside, and you're just making the payments from that. But it's still in your possession. You're still the one that's earning interest mm-hmm. on that money while you're making those car payments over the months and years. And same with mortgages. Now, mortgages, as you're making your payments, you are building equity. But it's one of those put down only as much as you absolutely have to to get that great rate or to avoid PMI, all of that. Just put down the bare minimum you have to set up those monthly payments because it's, it again, it's a living expense. Because think about back to when we were talking about whether you pay off your car or you pay off your house, you can't exactly take the doorknob in to go pay for a kid's tuition or take the windshield to go buy groceries. So look at it as that way is just it's a part of your living expenses, paying for your mortgage or paying for your car payments. And yeah, like Court said, if it's one of those that you don't like doing that and you've got plenty of cash, then set it up with a financial person to have that money automatically come out and grow for you. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and her kid goes to private schools and it was, well, should I pay the tuition all up front or should I pay it monthly? And um, she said she didn't think there was any incentive or discount to pay it off all up front. She thought maybe like $50. So the way I explained it to her was, okay, look, you could take your $15,000, whatever it may be, pay for, yeah, private school's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pay that money up front, save the $50 by paying it all up front, but now you don't have $15,000. You don't have that money available to use what you want, or you could not get the $50 discount. You could set it up on a monthly payment have that $15,000 sitting there maybe working for you and gain $450. So it's all about using your cash wisely and making sure you're allocating it in the right places. Um, you know, tax returns. Everyone's like, woohoo, I'm getting a tax return. I'm getting yeah. money back. We've been talking about you using other people's money. So here is a classic example of just letting the government use your money, which is exactly the opposite of what we're talking about here. You should use other people's money. If you if you are getting a refund on your taxes, it's because you paid in too much. And the government is giving you back some of the money because you don't owe that money in taxes. But they're not paying you interest for that time that they held your money. They're not. They're, all they're doing is going like, "Oh yeah, thanks for this." Say your say your refund is two thousand dollars. They're like, "Hey, thanks for letting us hang on to that two thousand bucks for mm-hmm. a couple of months. We're not going to pay you any interest, but here's the bucks. Here's the two thousand bucks back." Yeah, yeah. I mean, do not. And that's the same with the school. It's. You know, you're you're just giving the school money instead of for free and not making it the payments. Um, I actually, Cameron and I were having a conversation the other day. We were talking about a friend of his that uh, 
he was trying to decide about doing a kitchen remodel. That friend is me. Okay, I didn't I'm know if I was allowed to there. say. <laughs> I didn't know. I was trying to keep the innocent. I know this person very well. <laughs> he said he had, you know, some money built up in his savings account and that he was trying to decide, do they just use the money in their savings to pay for a kitchen remodel or what should they do? And I said, well, it's OPM. Go out there, see if you can, you know, I asked, you know, how, how, how's your credit situation? Are you in a good position? If you can get a HELOC, which, you know, get a loan, then that money is so much cheaper to borrow the money from someone to finance your kitchen remodel than it would be for you to deplete your savings account. So it's, it's all about just thinking about your money and using it the best way. And, you know, if that money's burning a hole in your pocket, Cameron, we know some people that can help you make that money grow. You better believe it. Yeah, Katie and I had a nice little financial therapy session. I was just unloading on her. This person (laughs) that I know very well (laughs) also asked about, um, we have a Discover card that we haven't used in a couple of years because we've got a city card for Costco. And I was asking her, do we cut it up? Do we get rid of it? Is that going to hurt our credit score that we've worked hard to build up? Or do I just kind of keep it in my wallet. So it was a very interesting conversation. Mm. Katie, do you want to speak on? Yeah. I mean, we just, as I said, you know what, if it's, if you're not getting hit with them saying, oh, you better use this then just hold on to it because it's there for emergencies if you need it. And yeah, it, it doesn't ne- negatively affect you if you close a credit card. Mm. It's kind of, it's weird that way, but if you don't have a balance on it, then hold on, have it, have your emergency discover card in your pocket. That's right. <laughs> if you're not getting charged a fee to have someone else basically have a, an open line of credit for you, then why not just have, what have we talked about? Available credit is one of the things that's good for your credit score. Yeah. So if they're not charging you a fee to have that open line of credit, then all it's doing is if it's, if it's available credit, then all it's doing is helping your credit score. And I, I want to address again, the emotional part of this, because this is something that I even struggle with on a daily basis. This, Properly using other people's money, it is running a business. Your life, your cash flow, especially if you're juggling not just yourself, you're juggling a spouse's income or children, all of that. You've got to have a balance sheet of knowing how your flows are going through, how everything's happening, and that you're properly utilizing these available resources. And it's it takes time. It takes consistency. Like set it up where it's going to be what works best for you. If you're someone who doesn't want to travel, don't get a travel credit card. But if you really like going to hotels and stuff, pick a hotel and be consistent with it. Build up those Hilton points or build up those Delta points, whatever it may be. But also it's one of those, you've got to know yourself. If you don't feel like you have the discipline to be able to keep the money in your checking account and then pay off your credit card, then just know that. Don't put yourself in a bad situation because yes, we said OPM is the sweetest drug on the planet, but it also too much of a good thing can turn into an overindulgent and then you're looking at some dark, crazy times and you need some uh, drug therapy because you're in debt. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I got dark there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've given you enough. (laughs) Katie goes dark and court's like, we're done. Dark therapy. (laughs) Let's, uh, why don't we wrap this up and give everybody a bullseye. Okay. I think first and foremost, my big bullseye is going to be, um, other people's money in today's interest rate environment. You are better off 
not paying off your car. You are better off not paying off your house. You are better off hanging on to that money, letting that money work for you, earning for you, and making payments at a low interest rate to someone else for the debt for your house and your car. Don't let that huge number that's sitting out there freak you out and make you want to just pay it off so that you've got a zero. Right now, with today's interest rates, you are better off letting them use their money to finance your car, especially with your car, which again, depreciating asset, but even with your house, low mortgage rates right now. So why wouldn't you have that financed and keep your money to yourself, working for you, and just make the monthly payments. That's my bullseye. I feel like amen. I mean, that was like, Amen. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. La, la. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ditto. I mean, that, yes, absolutely. Uh, we preach that so much around here with our clients. And it's just that simple step that can really make the difference. So I want to throw it on the flip side and talk about the credit cards. Uh, if if you feel like you can use them, use use them. Take advantage of them. This is something we're telling you people, take advantage of it. Take advantage of every possible day that you get that loan from these people with no fees at all and that you're available to use your money properly. You're, it's incentive for you to then buy what you want to buy and be able to do what you want to do and just have that discipline of knowing that you're getting those perks and you've got that 30, 45 day loan and it's available for you. But yes, please pay them off each month. Don't get yourself in trouble because it is a sweet drug, OPM, but do not overindulge. Every month, every month, pay them off, pay them off. Yes, sir. <laughs> Use your money wisely. And Be that smart. is a bullseye right there. If I ever heard one, use your money wisely, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever been given such information? I think not. You heard it first here. Oh, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. That's right, we just keep cranking them out. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more and you haven't already, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have this delivered to you every single Thursday. If you'd like to find out more about me and Katie, uh, you can also uh, listen to our, our, our podcast episodes on the website. You can go to the website, leave us a message, leave us a little note, tell us how much you care. Um, that website is bullcastpodcast.com. We also have pictures, picture pages, picture pages, time to get your picture pages. Anybody remember that? Bill Cosby, long time ago. Anyway, we have pictures. They're on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast. We also have words. We like to put those words on Twitter. Our tweets come at you live from the handle at Bullcast Podcast. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, David Pickler's name has actually come up quite a bit today in today's conversation. David Pickler is our boss. We work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. If you'd like to find out more about us, more about our boss, and more about our excellent team at Pickler Wealth Advisors, then go to our website. That's picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to go forth and be merry, live long, and prosper. So for now, I am Court. I'm Katie. Bill Cosby was canceled, remember? <gasps> I still love Bill Cosby. No we, more we picture pages. Yeah. That's all, ladies and gents. We gone.